Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. We are opening with a heavy-duty quote from Satchel Paige, who said, How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? Think about that for a moment. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? If, if you really didn't have that birth certificate, and you had to guess, where would you put yourself? And why? This concept is the heart of our show today. Are you an old fart <laughs> or an elderly teenager? Here to provide insights is thought leader and expert in age philosophy, Kathleen O'Brien. Kathleen currently teaches aging philosophy through the University of Denver's Continuing Education Program, and she also wrote a new book called Reclaim Your Right to Grow Old. In it, she shares philosophies on aging and why she believes society's quest for longevity and that good old fountain of youth is misguided and robbing people of the happiness to be found in aging. It's the old, live in the present, not the past, not the future. Welcome, Kathleen. Hi, Mary. So nice to be with you. Well, we're excited to have you, and, and what a great topic to discuss. And before we get into that nitty-gritty, I wanted to talk a little bit about your background, because listeners, you might hear Kathleen's voice and think, hmm, that sounds familiar. And you would probably be right because you may have heard her speak hundreds of times. She was once dubbed the most heard voice in America by the New York Times. She was the voice of directory assistance through the 80s and 90s. So, Kathleen, tell us about your unique backstory. <laughs> yes, you know, sometimes, Mary, I forget about this. <laughs> well, when people ask me, well, what have you done? What's the most unusual thing you've done? Then I have to think back to this time when I auditioned for a job. And I was in my 20s with a company that was just beginning to put together what they call voice response. And it is a technology that would allow companies to plug a voice in the voices a lot of us don't like hearing now, uh, the voice that says your call is important to us and please stand oh, by. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I did this just when it was a really a fledgling technology. So my voice was in this system and the company that put this all together ended up selling this system to telephone companies and the Federal Reserve and liquor commissions and all these 
sort of disparate groups of folks and, and other businesses around the country. So it turns out more people were listening to my voice than just about anyone else's. Uh, and it was kind of my claim to fame. <laughs> and it's kind of, it was kind of a funny little gig, but, um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Um, my voice has, if you will, matured. So it doesn't sound quite maybe as perky as it did at one time, but that's okay. Uh, it was, it was the right voice at the right time. What an adventure. So, so, that's re- very cool, and I'm glad you shared that story. So now let's get into the the meat of our um, of our broadcast today. Why promote aging when the rest of the world is so busy trying not to age? Well, I'm I'm really convinced that our culture has the concept of aging upside down. The challenge is not to try to stay young at all costs, which is what we're constantly told to do but really to reclaim our right to grow old. It is only in our later years that we have the wisdom, the experience, and maturity to reflect on our lives, to, if you will, put all the pieces together and answer those big questions uh, like, who am I? What is life about? And when we fight the aging process, we are really denying ourselves that opportunity to experience the whole of the human life cycle and complete our lifelong journey. Aging actually may be the most important work that humans do. I like that. So why do you think we're so obsessed with longevity and holding on to our youth? Well, you know, a lot of it does have to do with our culture. Um, I've researched this topic for over 12 years, and what I found over and over again, Mary, is that ancient cultures and, and certain what I call enduring civilizations, like Eastern cultures, African, Native American, have a very different view about aging and what it means to be an older person. Um these cultures really prize the idea of becoming an elder. Uh, they think you get better with age. And uh, our society, because we're kind of, I think it has something to do with the fact that, and, and I'm not disparaging our culture at all, but we're kind of a can-do culture. My heavens, we're going to go out and conquer the world. We're going to be busy. We're we're going to compete. Uh, we're going to be valued uh, materially. And I think because of that, um, in order to feel viable in our culture, people feel forced to to go out and and do those things, even though they're far beyond youth or middle age, they feel to be important in our culture. People still need to go out there and do things they did in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And also, I think that, you know, we have kind of a, what I call a marketing machine that that feeds off of this, of, of our desire to to be in the uh, fray, if you will, to be out there doing things like young folks do them. Um, and so our 
the the marketing culture says to us, well, if you want to be out there competing and doing what young people do, well, you're going to need you're going to need a facelift, you're going to need a tummy tuck, uh, you're going to need to whiten your teeth, uh, you're going to need to dye your hair, uh, you may need a personal trainer, maybe even a sports car. I mean, <laughs> this marketing machine is selling us a lot of goods so that we can maintain this image of youth, um, which uh, a lot of people my age have have bought into. And it's, it's really, my philosophy is, is just kind of, again, turning that whole idea upside down. I think becoming older is is not about being what we were 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's entirely different, and I think the human life cycle intends it to be different. I think we're supposed to do and be different people, do different things and be different people than we were years ago, because our society really benefits when every stage of the human life cycle is respected and admired for what each person does at each different stage. You know, and I want to interject here a little bit because, you know, our audience is vast. So it's, you know, it's from one age to another. There's no specific demographic. It just depends on the show. And most people might be thinking, oh, well, this show is for older people. But if I go back a little bit to what you just said about the whole marketing machine this is something I would hope younger folks would sit up and take note of now uh, as opposed to waiting till they get to a, an older age because it's in, it's embedded in us. It's like we're trained from, you know, from even teen magazines to start this marketing machine in motion and, and reach for that fountain of youth and look a certain way. It's not something we learn when we're uh, 40, 50, 60. It's something we learn when we're younger. So uh, so for our younger listeners out there, take note of some of this sage advice. And I, and I, <laughs> and I want to go into from, from, from there, one of the things we're so conditioned to do is not reveal our age. <laughs> this has started. Yes. This has started wars, Kathleen. <laughs> I know it has, and I have plenty of friends who do exactly as you're saying. So, why do you think this should stop? Well, I think uh, you know if if older folks are going to make any difference in the way the culture views them, if we're going to start mitigating ageism. And and I'm talking to younger people, too, because someday you're going to be my age and you're going to say, do I have to still pretend like I'm 50? And my message is no, you you don't. One of the ways to dispel the myth that aging is not a good thing is to own up to our age. When we don't say proudly, I'm 55, I'm 64. In my case, as I as I told you before we went on the air, I just turned 73. And um, I feel great about it. I'm certainly not going to hide it. Not only because I'm proud of it. I'm proud, Mary, that I've, that I've 
gone this far, and I'm still in pretty good shape, and uh, my life holds a lot of adventure uh, on into the next, I hope, several decades. But also, I want people to know what 73 looks like and acts like and feels like. If we hide behind this myth that, well, I don't want to tell my age because then people will think I'm old. Well, you are old, and there's nothing wrong with being old. You're going to get to be old or else you won't. And my guess is most people would rather get to be old. So let's celebrate that. Let's say it's really oh, it's okay to be 22, 42, 82, because each stage has important obligations to fulfill. Each stage has a role, and the role at 82 as the wise elder, as the person who has the experience to whom we can go for for advice, is as important as the role of the 22-year-old who is out there beginning his or her career, uh, who is setting the world on fire as they should be, who is questioning things and saying, what do I do next and where do I go? Ask the 82-year-old. The 82-year-old, they have some very good advice for you when you're starting out. So that's that's behind all of this. When we get rid of the myths of what it is to be old, then more people will accept the idea that it is okay to age. Yeah, and it's going back to what you said about different cultures. It's it's a it's almost like a here not so much, but in other countries and different cultures and such, it's almost a badge of honor to be old because you have, you know, you you've been around the block and <laughs> you are a font of information. And I'm reminded of that tagline and in, in, in a little bit of what you've been talking about. You've come a long way, baby. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yes. And we should embrace, we should be like patting ourselves on the back. Yeah, we have come a long way, baby. So now yep. wait a minute here though. Fear. Fear of the unknown is a great motivator. Can you talk about your philosophy on that? Fear does motivate us. Um when you get to be older, when you get to be my age, you do begin to see that life is finite. It's hard sometimes to think about that when you're younger. But you realize that your time is, is more limited than it was, say, 20 or 30 years ago. Well, sometimes that does engender a certain fear, like, oh, my gosh, you know, my life's slipping away, and how am I going to fit in all these things I want to do? And and then there's death and all those things we don't want to think about. Well, death and, and some of the things that are unknown in the future can motivate us to make the most of what we're doing now. And part of my philosophy is that, uh, and I, I'm not alone in this, uh, there are plenty of people who ascribe to this philosophy, but it, it's the idea of living more in the moment. When you're younger, it's sometimes hard to do because you are so caught up in your career, taking care of your family, maybe taking care of your older parents, that you don't have time to think about, oh, I just want to be in the moment and take everything in. 
But when you get a little older, and, and maybe you do have more time for reflection, and frankly, you should have, because reflection is part of uh, sort of the role you take on as you age. It's, it's one of the things older people need to be doing in order to prepare themselves to go forward. When you have that moment of reflection, then you are actually able to to be in that moment. I mean, right now when we're talking, I'm I'm looking out at uh, I live in Denver and I'm looking out at the Front Range and downtown Denver and we've had a lot of rain, which is unusual, but everything's green. So I'm looking out and thinking, "Oh, this is so pretty. I just love this." And to just pause for a moment and enjoy that kind of assuages a lot of our fears about what's going on in the future. Actually, time kind of elongates when we stay in that moment. And knowing that things ahead of us may not be as good as the things behind us, or they may be, we don't know, that can motivate us to be more in this very moment, which is a place of rest and peace and joy, if you want to look at it that way. And it's it's like uh, death and time is your ally. It is because, uh, you know, without, without having that, that limit on our lives, you know, we just, we could just meander and, and really not grow as people. I mean, it's like, what's the rush? I, you know, I have forever to do this. There was a, an article recently in the New York Times about a nun. Can't remember her name, but she, she has made it sort of her uh, life's work to get people to remember that death is a part of life. And I, and I believe it's the Latin phrase, memento mori, which means sort of remember your death, um, that she, uh, she's online with this. She's publicizing this concept to everyone. And, and the idea is to, when we think about our death, and and we we come to some sort of peace with it, we are able to live in these confines, I think, more happily. We are able to rest in this place that is, you know, finite. And and it becomes okay. So I think thinking about death and uh understanding that that fear is always there, fear of death is is very predominant in our culture, certainly. One of the reasons is we're always kind of brushing it under the rug, you know, rather than bringing it out as some cultures do and um, understanding that it is as much a part of life as, as any other part as birth is. And so it's important, death is important, and it's important to make peace with it. And then go about your day and live in the moment and enjoy this wonderful time that we have here all together on this little planet spinning around in the universe. So in your book, Reclaim Your Right to Grow Old, you aim to craft a blueprint for successful aging via a journey into ancient philosophy, groundbreaking science, and the cultural misconceptions about aging. So we've, we've talked a lot about all of that, and I guess we need to now talk about where can our listeners find the book? 
Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do have a website, growoldbehappy.com. That's all one word. And you can read more about the book there. I have blogs there that, that expand on my philosophy. And, uh, of course, you can always go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or to my publisher, Outskirts Press, and order the book there. I would be thrilled if you do. Okay, that's Reclaim Your Right to Grow Old. And we opened the show with a quote, and now let's close with a quote, this time from Kathleen herself, who says, Wisdom revealed centuries ago suggests that old age may be the most important stage in the human life cycle. To miss out on it by chasing after your younger self means foregoing some of life's most meaningful moments. Again, people, live in the now, not the past, not the future. Kathleen, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Mary. I really enjoyed it. For our nonprofit spotlight today, we're featuring Activate Good. And this is what I pulled from their site. Activate Good works as a force multiplier. I like that. A force multiplier for local causes with volunteer needs through two major programs. First up, Volunteer Community, which through their outreach efforts and online volunteer community, they help recruit and connect individuals, groups, and companies to fulfill volunteer needs with community partners. And through their youth volunteer program, they are empowering the next generation of young volunteers and community leaders through youth and family-friendly volunteer opportunities, days of service, teen leadership and service summer programs, and a service learning platform that teaches students about community issues, leadership, and service. To get involved or donate, please visit ActivateGood.org. ActivateGood.org. Well, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. Check out some stories we have for you, like our roaring, roaring 20s. Farewell to COVID. It's out of here. Just like the Durham Bulls, home runs are out of here. We've got the behind the scenes for you for that. And another gem, marketing salvation. How to recoup after COVID. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 activate good. 